And welcome to Biblical Tapestry, Season 6, Episode 25, A Study in the Book of Jeremiah. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. We are back to Jeremiah chapter 36 with the conclusion of the scroll, the pen, and the penknife. Now God had instructed Jeremiah to write down all the sayings and prophecies against Judah from the start of Jeremiah's ministry And this was now 23 years later. Jeremiah had dictated the scroll to Baruch. And then because Jeremiah had been banned from speaking at the temple, he then told Baruch to share the words of the Lord to everyone who will be there when a day of fasting was called. Now that day of fasting was called almost a year later, when Egypt, the effective ruler over Judah, was defeated by Babylon. Now there was concern in Judah, and Baruch spoke the contents of the scroll to the people as they were coming to the temple in the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house as they were there for a day of fasting. The hope was that the people would hear the words of the scroll, of Jeremiah's words for the past 23 years, and repent one more time, have that shot at it, to turn back to God. And that brings us to verse 11 of Jeremiah 36. Now, normally I will read the whole scripture ahead of time, but because of time restrictions and the number of verses, we will cover this passage as we go. All right. Jeremiah chapter 36, starting in verses 11 and 12. When Micaiah, the son of Gemariah, son of Shaphan, heard all the words of the Lord from the scroll, he went down to the king's house into the secretary's chamber, and all the officials were sitting there. Elishama the secretary, Delaiah the son of Shemaiah, Elnathan the son of Akbor, Gemariah the son of Shaphan, Zedekiah the son of Hananiah, and all the officials. So he came and met with the officials, and when Micaiah heard the pronouncements in the scroll, he immediately went to the secretary's chamber where the king's officials were gathered similar to a cabinet meeting, I would think, today in some country. And there are five officials here that are named. Elishama, he's mentioned in 2 Kings 25.25. He was the grandfather of the person who would eventually assassinate the person assigned governor of Judah by Babylon after Babylon after Judah had been destroyed and most of the survivors had been taken into captivity. Now, nothing is known about Delaiah, Elnathan was possibly King Jehoiakim's father-in-law, as we read in other places, but his loyalties seemed to be no longer with the king. Gemariah was the son of Shephan, who participated in the discovery of the Book of the Law in the temple during Josiah's reign. Now, nothing is known about this Zedekiah, unless his father Hananiah was the same false prophet that confronted Jeremiah in chapter 28. The king's advisors were about to hear the contents of the scroll. Look at verse 13. And Micaiah told them all the words that he had heard when Baruch read the scroll in the hearing of the people. Then all the officials sent Jehudi, the son of Nethaniah, son of Shemamiah, son of Cushi, to say to Baruch, 
Take in your hand the scroll that you read in the hearing of the people, and come. So Baruch, the son of Neriah, took the scroll on his hand and came to them. And they said to him, Sit down and read it. So Baruch read it to them. These cabinet ministers, so to speak. So the second time the scroll was being read this day. And Baruch, he was known by the king's officials, and he was respectfully greeted, and asked to sit down and read the words that had been dictated to him by Jeremiah. Verse 16. When they heard all the words, they turned one another, turned to one another in fear. And they said to Baruch, We must report all these words to the king. Then they asked Baruch, Tell us, please, how did you write all these things? Was it his dictation? Now look at the reaction of the king's advisors to the scroll. It probably included the introduction that we studied last week about the 70 years of captivity that were coming. Well, they were alarmed, and they were fearful. So we might ask, why now? This is certainly not the first time they would have heard this over Jeremiah's 23 years of telling them again and again and again. But probably, for the first time, the impact was real as the Babylonian army was marching through every nation north of them. And the danger was now real, and it was at hand, and their protectors, Egypt, had been conquered. The king's advisors decided the king needed to hear this himself. The inquiry of Baruch did inquiry to Baruch, did Jeremiah dictate these words to you, tells us that they did indeed recognize Jeremiah's divine gift and his authority. These were the words of the prophet, not the scribe. Verse 18, Baruch answered them, He dictated all these words to me while I wrote them with ink on the scroll. Now Baruch's contribution here was to write what Jeremiah had dictated to him, and bravely go tell others about it at the temple grounds. And this is interesting, it's the only mention here in the Old Testament of ink. Now, this ink was possibly the mixing of soot or lamp black with gum arabic or gum acacia. But we need to recognize it took great courage from Baruch just to admit that he took part in the creation of this scroll. Verse 19, Then the official said to Baruch, Go and hide you and Jeremiah, and let no one know where you are. Why did they tell Baruch to go hide with Jeremiah? Well, they already knew most likely how the king was going to respond to the reading of the scroll, and there were concerns that were not unfounded about their safety. Jehoiakim already had sent a group of people, a delegation of people to Egypt, to find and execute the prophet Uriah because he had prophesied against the city, much just like much Jeremiah had done. We read that in Jeremiah 26.20. There was another man who prophesied in the name of the Lord, Uriah the son of Shemaiah, from Karith Jerim. He prophesied against this city and against this land in words like those of Jeremiah. And when King Jehoiakim, with all his warriors and all the officials, heard his words, the king sought to put him to death. But when Uriah heard all of it, he was afraid and fled and escaped to Egypt. When King Jehoiakim sent to Egypt certain men, Elnathan, so there we go, Elnathan's back in this case, the son of Akbor and others with him, and they took Uriah from Egypt and brought him to King Jehoiakim, who struck him down with a sword. 
and dumped his dead body into the burial place of the common people. So Elnathan certainly knew how uh, Jehoiakim was going to react, perhaps. And sympathy was beginning to build among some of these officials for Jeremiah and his messages. Verse 20, So they went into the court to the king, having put the scroll in the chamber of Elishama, the secretary, sorry about that, and they reported all the words to the king. Then the king sent Jehudi to get the scroll, and he took it from the chamber of Elishama, the secretary, and Jehudi read it to the king and all the officials who stood beside the king. It was the ninth month, and the king was sitting in the winter house, and there was a fire burning in the fire pot before him. So there was some concern about the scroll itself and its safety because they placed the scroll in the room of Elishama, the secretary, and then reported the words of the scroll to the king. Now then the king decided to send Jehudi to retrieve the scroll, and he read it to the king and those officials with him. Now the ninth month, as described in these verses, was the month of December, and the king was in his winter house. Now the first floor was warmer in the winter as it was better heated. Second floors were for summer with better ventilation. The fire pot was just that and placed in the room and contained charcoal to provide heat. Verse 23. As Jehudi read three or four columns, the king would cut them off with a knife and throw them into the fire in the fire pot until the entire scroll was consumed in the fire that was in the fire pot. Yet neither the king nor any of his servants who heard all these words was afraid, nor did they tear their garments. As Jehudi read three or four columns of the scroll, the king reacted by cutting off the section of the scroll and throwing it into the fire pot. The king was using most likely the scribe's knife, a scribe's knife which would be used for cutting sheets of papyrus, and the king was using a tool made to create a scroll to destroy the very words of God. Now this is probably somewhat symbolically as well because not he didn't just have contempt for the message of Jeremiah, but by burning the scroll in pieces, he believed he was destroying the power of the words that were in it. And as he dismantled and burned the scroll, the king and his closest officials showed no fear or concern about the prophecies. There was no tearing of clothes to show mourning and anxiety, just indifference. Jehoiakim's father, Josiah, when read the words of the law, tore his robes when the word of God was revealed. Quite a different reaction from an evil man. And today we have less dramatic ways to reject the words of God. Often God's words are simply ignored, or they're ridiculed, or interpreted in such a way to deny its authority. But judgment is still the outcome to anyone rejecting God's words. Verse 25, Even when Elnathan and Delaiah and Gemariah urged the king not to burn the scroll, he would not listen to them. And the king commanded Jeremiel, the king's son, and Sarahiah, the son of Azrael, and Shelemiah, the son of Abdeel, to seize Baruch, the secretary, and Jeremiah the prophet, but the Lord hid them. So Jehoiakim refuses to listen to advisors and orders that Jeremiah and Baruch be seized. Jeremiel was identified as the king's son, but Jehoiakim would only have been about 30 years old at the time. However, the term may not refer to the ruling king's own son, but one of the royal princes. 
Now the others sent to find Jeremiah and Baruch are unknown. So the call to hide from the earlier officials was very well founded. But now we see not only had they hid, had they hid but God himself had hidden them. So they were not about to be found by the king. We don't know how long they had been hiding, but eventually the king's anger would subside. Verse 27. Now after the king had burned the scroll with the words that Baruch wrote at Jeremiah's dictation, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, take another scroll and write on it all the former words that were in the first scroll, which Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, has burned. So much like the first tablets of the law having to be rewritten by God on new stone tablets carved by Moses, Jeremiah is asked to recreate the scroll that he and Baruch had crafted. Verse 29, And concerning Jehoiakim king of Judah you shall say, Thus says the Lord, You have burned this scroll, saying, Why have you written in it that the king of Babylon will certainly come and destroy this land, and will cut off from it man and beast? Therefore thus says the Lord concerning Jehoiakim king of Judah, He shall have none to sit on the throne of David, and his dead body shall be cast out to the heat by day and the frost by night. And I will punish him and his offspring and his servants for their iniquity. I will bring upon them and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and upon the people of Judah all the disaster that I have pronounced against them, but they would not hear. A new message was to be given to the king by Jeremiah. Because Jehoiakim refused to believe the words of God and destroyed the scroll in the fire pot, he will have none sit on the throne of none of his family will sit on the throne of David. Now we do know that Jehoiakim, the king's son, served for three months. However, this is not a contradiction because Jehoiakim's uncle Zedekiah would succeed him only after three short months. The succession from Jehoiakim ended. Although Jehoiakim did serve Nebuchadnezzar for three years, when Nebuchadnezzar took over, he rebelled, and Nebuchadnezzar came back to lay siege to the city. Jehoiakim dies, and his son Jehoiachin takes his place briefly until Nebuchadnezzar took him into captivity as he gave himself up after three months. Then Nebuchadnezzar installs Zedekiah, the uncle, who then held that position for 11 years, and then he rebelled. So Babylon totally destroys Jerusalem, fulfilling all the prophecies of Jeremiah. Leaders are held responsible for their actions by God, and their followers are held responsible if they're not holding their leadership accountable. Verse 32, Then Jeremiah took another scroll and gave it to Baruch the scribe, the son of Neriah, who wrote on it at the dictation of Jeremiah all the words of the scroll that Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire, and many similar words were added to them. Now this was not simply a copy of the first scroll, because many similar words were added. So chapter 36 ends and begins with a writing of God's word. Now we read in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 8, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. F.B. Huey writes, Attempts to deny it, ban it, truncate it, or eradicate it have been made through the centuries, but it cannot be destroyed. Some have given the ultimate sacrifice and given their lives in order to preserve the word of God. Those who reject the word of God reject Christ himself. Christ is the image of God. He is the word. 
and is made known to us through the word. The king, instead of humbling himself before God, blames Jeremiah for the words of judgment coming to Judah. In our next episode 26, we'll look into God's assurance to Baruch and Jeremiah's dejection in chapters 45 and 15 and our study of Jeremiah as we try to look at it in chronological order. I encourage you to please like and share this podcast. You have learned something new about God's word and may God bless you this day.